Aaron Leithley on Twitter suggested that we watch Dad's Army after the Jersey fishing fiasco war with the French that we had last week. Yeah. I've I, not seen that. I've seen the old Dad's Armies. Which, I, I hated Well, I, I, went, I went back with an emphatic, I hate that. I like them. So it got nominated. Mm. Right, okay. On the basis that I would hate it. But thankfully, it was unnominated. Yeah, it was unnominated. And because we didn't know what to talk about, we decided to talk about Fear and Loathing in Las Vegas. We went back to an old classic. I wasn't hugely enjoying it. Okay. Well, that's as good a reason as any. Yeah. But yeah. I don't know if it was just a late at night thing. Because I quite, you know, obviously like Benicio Del Toro is great. And I usually like Johnny Depp, but not always. We'd all seen apart from... 50% I've of seen 50% of it. Okay. Right. Yeah, I think I've seen 35%. Okay, well, I've right. seen 100% a few times over. Well, yes, me too. Can you convince me to watch the rest? Well, why did you Why did you bail out halfway through? So it had some things going for it. It always just seemed a bit too kind of, ooh, drugs to me. And yeah. Well, it is that kind of film. But yeah. Did you ever enjoy the the gonzo kind of journalism and writing of hunter thompson it's something that's passed me by i okay. only know about him and what he's like not what is actual i've mm, got his hell's angel because he went off with the hell's angels right. and did a, a bit on them i've got his book down there and fear and loathing yeah. is is a great read as well it's a fantastic book isn't yeah. it? it is yeah. a really fantastic book it's, it's his story has... of and and the story of how it came to be is interesting as well because he was supposed to turn in a 500 word story for sports illustrated on the mint 400 desert bike rally in las vegas and what he did turn in instead was uh, thousands and thousands of words that had nothing to do <laughs> with the race at all yeah and were about his sort of drug fueled rampage Adventure. Through Las Vegas with his uh, friend Dr. Gonzo. So it's 1971 uh, when the movie opens and we're barreling down a freeway. It's it's a great start. It's a great start to a movie. So, yeah, they're they're flying down the freeway with every drug known to man and they're on half of them as they're driving. They pick up Tobey Maguire. Yeah. 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 So what's happened to... Is that a fake head bald prosthesis mullet. yeah i i hope so it was, it was i horrible. hope he hasn't actually done that on purpose and they've they've <laughs> sprayed it on because it was a really disgusting it's a terrible hairdo from, yeah and dr gonzo Long, benicio del toro blonde hair he he's this overweight aggressive attorney. attorney and he's he pretends to be completely confused as to what they're doing in the car and then he starts scaring him telling him stories the hitchhiker about their plans to murder a drug dealer called savage henry who ripped them off <laughs> we're and straight then, into this this yeah. is there's no preamble we're going straight into this and, yeah. and quite quickly it i i forget the opening words of the the film altogether but when so he talks about beast. being, this is backcountry. Yeah, <laughs> straight, straight away. Yeah, you know you're into something different and a little bit off the off the wall here. Well, you're kind um, of expecting that, I guess, because it's Johnny Depp's known for those kind of off the wall kind of things. The subject matter is like that. I knew about the subject matter, and also it's Terry Gilliam, whose visual visual style is normally quite mm, quirky. Can't imagine weird. any other director taking yeah. this on and making a success of it because the- and he does make the drug scenes which are integral to the movie he does make them sort of believable oh they're as, as good as a hallucinogenic scene as i think you know we, we we watched the one in that crazy film you made me watch what was that 
Midsummer? Midsummer. 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 Yeah. Yeah. So they were all there was a, a scene there, wasn't there, yeah, when acid, they took yeah. acid and, and things like and that. And the trees were but this was full on visuals. I mean, they were going through everything and it was just how you would expect that kind of nightmare scenario to to happen. Rep, it's a very reptile. sort of yeah. wandering, meandering, Grabbing. aimless plot, really, that sees them rocking up to this hotel, taking more drugs. There's a policeman's convention where they find themselves watching a video about marijuana <laughs> smokers and you can identify them by the semen stains on their trousers. <laughs> yeah. jacking oh, there's so many little one-liners. It's, it's a film of, of excess and debauchery, but it also has, you know, some fantastic lines and it just makes you laugh. Situations these characters find themselves in, whether it's just in their own mind or whether they're actually in this situation at one point is it Christina Ritchie Christina Ritchie she's she's sat on the plane next to Dr Gonzo the attorney as he's coming back into Vegas and she's got a load of Barbara Streisand (laughs) pictures with her he's gone and befriended her then and seen that she's just this young vulnerable girl Mm -hmm. given her acid found out she's like really strong christian and and believer in that took her back into the room and is is basically grooming her when johnny depp's character walks in who's who's taken an alias himself under raul raul duke raul duke Uh, well that that is his character's name in this and in the novel but it is a hunter s thompson proxy i mean for me this is johnny depp's best performance in anything ever i Um, loved him in this yeah he's really really done a fine job in this i wouldn't say it was the best ever for me but he's yeah there's lots to enjoy about this performance and i'm not sure anybody else other than johnny depp who knew hunter s thompson yeah. quite well would be was able to that take just this on. in the sort of making of this movie that they got to know each other did they know each other beforehand i i thought he lived with him for a while to get the, to nail the accent yeah he lived with him for like three or four months yeah but that was fun yeah i think he was present at his funeral when he had his ashes blasted into space did That's you right, yeah. read about who else was considered for yeah, the, yeah. So the Dan, role? Uh, was it John? John, well, John Belushi and Dan, Dan Aykroyd, Aykroyd at one point. Yeah, yeah. 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 So there was a few goes at getting this off the ground yeah, because Development Pacino Hell. was uh, linked for a time with it. And Jack Nicholson. Jack Nicholson. Yeah. Marlon Brando. <laughs> wow. I, I believe Bill Murray did a Hunter S. T- um, Thompson version of a film as well, where the Buffalo Roam believe so that was okay. his attempt to oh, um, yes getting, yeah yeah getting thompson down on on film but i think johnny depp is just john malkovich was was taken. was gonna have a go and he got two old that's very different that would have been a <laughs> very different to me role. too john yeah uh, and then there was a play version which um, john cusack directed and his brother was in it yeah so lots and lots of people consider for this yeah and his i i think just through the personality of hunter s thompson people are interested and and he's writing it to to play a character like his his writing is so poetic Mm. and it's in the movie it's sprinkled throughout the movie like lines of his and it's not afraid because it's not just a 
drug-taking movie. I mean, yes, this is a movie where at one point Johnny Depp is in a... They're in a suite in a hotel room and he's wearing waders and a fake crocodile tail and there's yeah. water everywhere and about 30 or 40 dinner carts of food absolutely everywhere. We've been ordering... What did he say? We've been ordering uh, room service every hour from the tune of yes. $29 yeah. to $35 yeah. for 48 consecutive <laughs> yeah. hours. Yeah. Like, you know, there's and, a huge uh, bill I've got to bust out of this room. Dr. Gonzo's sitting in the bath and he wants to commit suicide at the high point of the Jefferson airplane. So it is a movie where stuff like that's happening, but it's also a movie like you were saying before, where it's actually not afraid to point out the really tacky, horrible side of all this. And, you know, there is that scene with Chris, Christina Ritchie, which is really dodgy when you start thinking about it. And there's a later scene where Gonzo slides a woman, a note in the diner that obviously says something obscene on it. And she like reacts really badly backdoor baby or something something i don't think you see it you you don't see it but it's obviously something she's read it and so there is this like you know and the movie and the book are both about the 60s counterculture how it completely failed and just became this drug debauch so it it is about the failure of the american dream had had kind of let down all these people because they just became failed seekers they never found anything Mm. They, they just became this generation of of lost hippies really exactly and said well that doesn't work look what you do if you follow what they did you're just going to end up like this lot so they were able to use that argument against this kind of revolutionary culture of hippies which it once used to be so he did and, all and, this and thompson a, talks uh, in las it, vegas sports fucking he talks in the book writing. about being out in the middle of nowhere in the desert and looking out off of one of the sort of what are those rock formations that they're there in the Nevada I think they're desert. called uh, rock formations yeah. Yeah. looking out across the desert and saying if you look <laughs> with the right kind of eyes you can see where the there's you know you can see exactly essentially where the 60s failed and all the generation oh. come back and it's just this beautiful yeah. poetic moment and it's all in there and also you've got the fucking crazy drug story stuff that will just make you laugh and what, what did he say about Dr gonzo there's one of god's got one of god's own prototypes i love <laughs> you know, that they, yeah. one of god's own they, he was never intended for mass production <laughs> you know, too weird like to live and too rare to die yeah that's what he says yeah. is it fair to say that we johnny depp never like recovered from this character <laughs> do you think so yeah i reckon it left its mark to yeah. be honest uh, they, but i think he there was lots that he genuinely liked and and found interesting in Hunter S. Thompson that he also enjoyed in himself or was in because Hunter S. Thompson was always looking for for answers as to what life was why he took so many drugs and things you know he was searching for some kind as well as getting high and having a good time but he always made it for an inquiring kind of mind and and going and I think Johnny Depp as somebody who's got everything and had everything for so long you're going to start to question it and be drawn to people that also searching and asking questions Mm. and and saying crazy crazy shit which hunter s thompson actually backed up i mean he always said he was going to shoot himself Mm. and he did and Mm. then he said i want my ashes blasted into space on a rocket and johnny depp (laughs) made that happen i think he knew that johnny depp had the the kind of uh clout to make that happen as well how do we feel about johnny depp after everything that's happened confused i i mean as an actor i've always found him like hit and miss for me hit and miss exactly exactly that and as a person i don't know him they both seem like weird people him and i mean he was found guilty so i suppose you have to say 
that's what it is. Exactly. Yes, still, but there is a, still feel slightly a uneasy about it. A complicated yeah. story there, where yes, absolutely, what he did was uh, yeah. wrong for the lawyers out there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Also, Terry Gilliam. So Ellen Barkin, who plays the waitress who gets handed the obscene yeah. note, backdoor beauty. She does, you do get to see it. Put out a tweet saying, when Me Too was first sort of becoming a movement, she put out a tweet saying, "Never be alone in a lift with Terry Gilliam," which kind of lends it a bit of a. And then Terry Gilliam himself said some really lot, unfortunate <laughs> stuff about women knowing about what they were doing with Harvey Weinstein and oh, really? how wow. things work. So, but he is an old, right, not to excuse him, but he is a really old man. Obviously, he's completely wrong. These comments are horrible. He's also like a 78, you know, my dad says some absolutely fucking ridiculous shit, but mm. nobody, there aren't millions of people listening to So your dad is Harvey says. Weinstein? No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Let's just clear this up. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. Uh, they just, Older people just don't have a filter, but that's not as an excuse. Well, they've got so some much their you've got stupid. to be able to remove, I guess, the art from the artists. We've seen it in music. We've seen it in movies. We've seen it, and people you can either and politics and and all walks of life. You know, I know. And Peter, listen, people are listening to this podcast, and very few of them know that Peter is a rapist. Yeah. But and there so, he is, you know, he turns up every week. Every week, people listen well, the, to him. Well, the good I mean, thing about doing this ourselves is that I can edit out all the, uh, <laughs> yeah. the, all the, cool the outrageous stuff that we say that can't be broadcast. Gets, yeah. But it is all saved on my hard drive. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, yeah. like the rest of the stuff that we prosecute. Yeah. Pete may be out in, you know what they're like. They let him out. Yeah. Well, he had a very sort of flimsy excuse for not coming this week, didn't he? <laughs> He was just very sort of generic. Yeah. Yeah, So who knows what he's up to. You're like this stat or factoid. It wasn't always Terry Gilliam attached to this project. Johnny Depp asked Bruce Robinson to write write and direct it. Okay, because he and I was reading about them, actually, and they just hung out together and and got a kick from each other again. Another crazy guy, you know, uh, Bruce Mm. Robinson with an LNI director who... I really love his process. And I think his process of writing is very similar to Hunter S. Thompson in the fact that they would, you know, sit at a thing, they would, you know, a typewriter, have a bottle of wine or yeah. uh, you a get few the sense smokes or a whatever, lot of it is then, stream of consciousness stuff. Yeah. Almost like they're just going like. Yeah, stuff, that's yeah. it. And, and laughing to themselves and then writing it down and, and that kind of thing and shouting out loud in, a, in an empty room. And, and oh, yeah. if you were to come in on it, you would go, what What the hell is going on here? And it's only afterwards when you realise he's seeing everything. He's seeing the whole movie. He's seeing all the characters. He's putting it all together in his mind. And he's watching the movie in his mind before it's down there. And then you realise these people are actually, like them, loathe them, whatever. They've got something that's really special. You know, the mm. way their mind works mm. in, in mm. making movies. Mm. It did kind of struggle to find an audience, though, this one. Uh, the metrics are pretty mixed for this the the old scores money wise the budget for this was 18 and a half million and i think that was over budget they Mm. they struggled to keep it down i think it opened in the same week as godzilla as well as something stupid so i bet it was absolutely very similar movies so what do you think hotel scene did it did it win or lose (laughs) for me this must have made money one it's got johnny depp it had a whole host of other stars in it and it's a cult classic that would have made Gotta have made eighteen over eighteen. Well it's probably made that money now, I mean, but at the time I reckon it mm. I mean when do these yeah. come from? Is it from the you know, is that 
the first year these figures or is it up until today today, yeah today you know you think of the the merchandise and the spin-offs as well for fear yeah little fear and loathing las vegas lunch boxes for the kids (laughs) (laughs) we've all got t-shirts you know we've got the little vials that they can go and have their (laughs) little pill box and have their drinks out of (laughs) well dan's got this making some money what do you guys reckon maybe just about uh, it's made a lot of money off of me because I've bought this movie about three times, including once I got the book, the book and all yeah. the rest of it. I've got yeah. the Steel Book edition that's got really shitty handheld footage of the actual Dr. Gonzo, Oscar, somebody or other on it. And Historious? No, no, different guy, <laughs> different <laughs> Oscar. Weird so, yeah, toilet scene. It's made yeah. about 18 million off me. Not quite. I don't. If, it, if if that's based on cinema, then it'll have made a loss. But if it's everything, including it's pre-COVID days, this yeah. If it's merch and blockbuster DVD, then yeah, it would have. Well, Dan, you're right. It did make some money, just sadly not as much as it cost. It's only made thirteen point seven mil. Oh, so well, it was a flop. It didn't find an audience at all. Yeah, was it? Though? But it's got. I enjoyed well, it. Terms, that's worth five million. No, but commercially, it's a flop. <laughs> right, <okay. laughs> you can't cash those kind of checks, unfortunately. But it's it to me. It's when people talk about a cult classic. That's one of the things that to me it's like it, it hasn't been seen by that many people. You know, there's a, mm. there's a really passionate smaller audience who love it. No one else gives a fuck about it. That's yeah. like, to and me, would you say it. that's what this is? Yeah, yeah, okay. Well, it well it seems to be because there are people who absolutely love this film. You guys have seen it multiple well, look, times. Would you, you watch really it, it after? Oh, I'll finish said. it. Yeah, yeah. It seems um, interested like, or not yeah, really? Yeah, yeah, no, because I had exactly what Sadi thought, which was, oh, this is a tr- this is like a caricature of people that take drugs. I've seen the mm. poster. Yeah, you're best getting. We should also mention that they take adrenochrome in this. Yeah, which is not a real thing. The name is. Well, it is according to the QAnon internet. And well, but they don't know what they're talking about. No, because there's a funny story about some kids coming up afterwards and talking to Terry Gilliam and saying. Oh yeah, that adrenochrome stuff, man. Yeah, you got it exactly right. And he's like, oh, "We didn't have the heart to tell Just them made, we it made it up for the, <laughs> for the movie." I enjoyed it though with what I'd watched, so yeah. I want to continue. It's funny. It is funny. Yeah, I mean, I I think it's a film that I will continue to to watch in the future again. You know, I just stick it on. I can jump in at any time and. I really like the guys writing it. It makes me laugh. It makes me think. And it, as you said, it's scattered in this movie. So go out there and watch it. Cool. <laughs>